0: Martial arts, mixed martial arts.
2: How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed!
3: Speaking of mixed, we are mixing up this preview show here because not only is it Thursday, but we're doing a, a double decker, if you will, a double header a preview showing because on Saturday, not only do we have the UFC back in action with UFC Vegas 68. Several hours before that card begins, Bellator 290 will be going down in Inglewood, California. And both are events. One is far better than the other, which we just talked about in Between the Links, and I'm sure we're going to talk about here. But happy to discuss both of these cards here on this live preview show. A day early, doing it on Thursday. I am Mike Heck, and joining me in this venture is the Prince of Positivity, the co-host of "On to the Next One," and my best friend. Damn it, Mr. Alexander K. Lee.
4: What up, buddy? Hello, everyone. Two fight cards to talk about. Is it is it my birthday today? I mean, it's always my birthday. Uh, I just wanted to show people. I want I've, people have maybe seen the new background. These plants are real. These are real. I, this is not a uh, computer-generated background. Real stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm not the one who takes care of these plants for the most part. My girlfriend does, but. Uh, it's, a re- it's the real deal back here. It's the real deal, just so you guys know. Uh, we, we are full of life on this preview show.
3: I just want to say that... We- can we put AK back on the screen for a moment? Oh. We weren't looking at the background. We were looking at the top of the dome there. Because as someone who once had here, to see what you have done here, it's in trimming, the uh, trimming the hedges, if you will... That haircut looks di- dynamite, my man.
4: Shout-outs uh, shout District Toronto. People get your haircut there. Just a, it's a great uh, great location. 3498 Kingston Road, I think. Daryl. Daryl, Daryl's always taking care of me, so shout-outs to uh, District Toronto. Haircuts. Absolutely spectacular. And back once again for the second time in a
3: couple of hours, Mr. Jed Michoud. Jed, yep. how are we doing? I missed you. For the last eighty minutes or so. I know.
5: I know it's been so long, Mike. Uh I'm doing just so great looking at AK with the peaky blinders cut, just just <laughs> making me look like an absolute fool with all this hair on my head when I could be looking suave like that man. So, you know, I'm ready to talk about these fights again.
3: Can we make that the thumbnail? Can we just make AK's haircut the thumbnail? I think we oh, our viewership stop. will be driven oh, through the roof stop. right now. Stop. Tell through me Shelby. that's hilarious so Ak, i'm gonna leave it up to you because we have two events we don't need to debate which one's better because one is clearly better than the other uh where do you want to start because Jed and i literally just talked about both of these cards not long ago uh
4: do you want to start the ufc or do you want to start with bellator can we can we please start bellator please and listen not just because bellator is a superior card we've previewed the main event of uh, the UFC's card before. We've done this already. This is the same main event we had back, what was this, uh, November? When was this uh, uh, Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak first uh, first scheduled for? Uh, it's November. either October
5: yeah. or November, because that was the yeah. dumb one where we ended up getting Kennedy and Zuchuku, right? And, and, and uh, I mean, you, you, on, you
4: Yeah, so it was magical. Yeah, officially um, uh, main, uh, UFC main eventers, Kennedy and Zuchuku and uh, What's you What's great is at
5: the, at the time, I was like, this is probably the worst fight card we've ever had. And then... <laughs> <laughs> they made this Hold one, on. <laughs> which is arguably worse, and, and uh, didn't result of of a total yeah. fallout the night before.
4: Yes, so let's let's give, let's give Bellator its due first, Mike. Please for for putting together a very very strong and compelling card for uh, Scott Coker's return to uh, to CBS.
3: Yes, and and I wanted to ask you because I'm sh- if you watch BTL, you saw just a total difference in the way that. Jed and New York Rick looked at this Bellator card from from top to bottom on paper. Jed gave it like an 8.59-ish around that area. Uh, he dinged it for something that we'll talk about a little bit later. And New York Rick gave it like a three-point ding and ended up at a five. And I just didn't get that one at all. Uh, he got the point, but that's just because that's how the game works. Otherwise, Jed would have swept his ass. But uh, where are you at, AK? Where are you at with this one? Uh, I don't. You could gymnastics scale if you want, or you can just give it a grade. This one on I, paper.
4: I love this card. Uh, there is a lot of potential for sadness. Let's be honest. Just looking right at that main event, I, I know a lot of people, especially uh, you know our wonderful peers in the media, some people on MMAfighting.com have talked themselves into the possibility of Fedor. Going out on top, going out with a, a I, major believe, AK, uh-huh. I
5: believe AK, I believe.
4: Let's go. <laughs> go. Sorry, that might sound cut off for a second, but I I, I know what you said pretty much. Uh, going out on top with a a, a, a a major title around his waist and avenging a loss to a guy who who beat him pretty soundly. I mean, normally you don't get another shot in those circumstances, but when you're Fedor, you got a little win streak going. It's your farewell fight. Your opponent wants it. Your opponent would love to have you know the possibility to get another win over you that's how we end up here um i guess in some ways they they're they're uh, massaging the situation you know i know people are discussing oh should they have the big fedor celebrate the star studded fedor celebration at the beginning of the show you know to make sure it's nothing but positive vibes as opposed to the possibility of like oh he he loses at the end of the show like gets knocked out like he did last time against Bader and then we still have to have people kind of come out and prop him up and and have this uh this post-fight celebration after he's been you know KO'd uh but I'm okay with it I kind of understand I think they're going for well at least we're definitely going out on a high note I think that's the thought is if we if we do the celebration at the beginning and then Fedor gets knocked at the end it's a bummer if Fedor gets knocked out the end and we do the celebration after at least we get to see a lot of uh, smiling, happy faces waving as the credits roll. So I kind of see the logic both ways. I would certainly lean towards doing it at the beginning of the show. I don't hate it being after. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I, I'm real I really want to give it like a nine. Like I'm close. Just a lot, just a lot of well um well-booked matchups on here. They put a lot of name uh, name power on here. Johnny Eblen, Tokov, Homasi, Neiman Gracie's fighting on the prelims, Lawrence Larkin, Henry Corrales uh steve maury former pfl heavyweight champion Elias sayev max rosh it's, it's compelling stuff it's compelling stuff from top to bottom I, I, we can break it down more in a second so i really like i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna say nine i'm gonna say nine and this is not just talking main card this is if you watch from the beginning of the card and we get a lot of good highlights on the prelims plus some competitive fights this could be a, an early you know an early runner for best uh best non pay-per-view card of the year it, it looks it just looks really good uh, i know i'm because on the prince of positivity i gotta go all the way with this so i like it uh, i like it a lot and uh th- that's that's where i've settled on
3: it looks good it has a a big fight feel to it which you know sometimes bellator struggles in getting that big fight feel it, it happened a, a few times in 2022 but this one just feels different it does feel bigger and scott coker talked about it on that that on the ma hour but Jed, I mean, I don't know what else to ask you that we didn't already talk about. So I guess the big story here, and it's it's pretty clear, it's Fedor's final walk. The dude's just done it all. He hasn't fought in the UFC, but everything else he's done. He's fought the who's who, he's won, he's got highlight reels, he's done. Even at this point, he's out still out there knocking dudes out and he's gonna walk down. To that cage on Saturday at 46 years of age, with a chance to become the heavyweight champion. So you just dropped. Damn, they were good not that long ago. So much like you did with Shogun. What's what's the best Fedor memory? If, if for, for those who are watching this right now that are saying, I know you guys are talking about this Fedor guy. What's one fight people need to go back and watch just to really appreciate this guy? One seems clear, but maybe there's something outside of the box that I'm not thinking about.
5: Ooh, I'm interested to hear what your take is on the one that's clear. Uh, so if I'm just – hey, if you've never seen Fedor, uh, you just just go back and watch his fight with Kevin Randleman. If you yep. know nothing about fighting, that, that fight, you can understand the dynamics at play, why Fedor captured everyone's imagination how awesome he was uh I, I mean it's one of the greatest highlights in the history of this sport and like i said if you know nothing about fighting if you just looked at that fight it'd be like all right well that that yoked dude is going to murder that kind of tubby guy and then he does but then he doesn't because fedor is indestructible <laughs> and he immediately <laughs> submits him uh, like 20 seconds later it's I, I think that's the one i would pick it's certainly not the best fighter performance you know he he has so many of them but it is the most digestible for the broadest anyone who looks at that and has never seen it their immediate reaction be like oh my god i can't believe what i just witnessed so that would be the one if you never watched fedor fight go do that don't watch any of his bellator stuff because that's well past his prime uh i do want to note though i disagree with ak on one thing I don't think there's a big potential for sadness here, which I think is why I've come around to this card, Mike. We we're talking about on BTL. I don't – if if Bader goes in there and lamps Fedor, like it, it won't be as cool as it could be for us all. But I think the fact that I've already seen it makes me not that sad about seeing it again. So it, it is not like Shogun losing to um, Ihor Potieria. Uh, I think I got that name right because that dude is um, not great and uh, isn't going anywhere. Bader, your your opinion can vary on him, but he is at least a well known entity and a good solidish fighter at the like at the minimum by anybody's definition. And so it it won't be that sad. I mean, yeah, it won't be the happy ending, but it'll be palatable. And I think that's why I've come around to this card because there is the upside for the awesome ending that I also think is more likely than maybe I gave it credit for, uh, sort of offhandedly and with minimal downside, we're, it, it's just going to be a good celebration. It's it's about as good a way to end a 46 year old professional fighters career as you're going to find.
3: Okay. I feel like Ryan Bader is just look, look. Ryan Bader has not been the biggest name in the history of the sport. Um, He's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it at a high level. He's he's a good fighter. Um, never really became a big star, but man, he is just the forgotten voice in all of this, is he not? Like, I just feel it's the Fedor show. Bader's just going to make the walk with him, but no one's talking about this guy. And I mean, maybe that's like that with anybody that's fighting Fedor, but considering how the promotion has pushed Ryan Bader, the, the, the championships he's won, how many posters he's been on at this point? No one's talking about this guy at all.
4: Yeah, but I think he likes it that way. I think Bader's never been like he's got he's he's done like when he his social media profile there's like some subtly funny stuff. He's not like a he's not like a wallflower, he's not a shy guy. But when it comes to promoting fights, honestly he's almost kind of Fedor-esque. He's not going to make a lot of big proclamations. He's not going to talk a lot of like absolute junk and uh so i think he's totally fine with this I, he certainly has a ton of respect for fedor again he's been through a fedor fight week before um this is a little different this time because now we do have the the supposed guarantee of a retirement but if you're bader you if anything he's probably uh, again a little bit happy to just be able to fade into the background show up and get his paycheck, add another title defense. Uh, again, should he, should he win on Saturday? You know, add another title defense, add another win over Fedor, let's say the, on, the only man. I am now the only man who would say they have they've, they've beaten Fedor twice, which I hadn't even thought about until now, but that is what will happen, uh, again, if he's victorious Saturday night. So, uh, listen, if, if we want to talk about Bader doesn't get talked about enough, I mean, that's not just this week. That's probably for the last few years. He's put together a very nice run in Bellator. Um I like that he's sticking at heavyweight. He's he's not a spring chicken. He's a little bit, quite a bit up there in age himself. I don't know how many big fights Bader has left. He he might be he might be thinking of retirement by end of twenty twenty four. I don't know. You know, I, I uh, like I said, he's not the most outgoing as far as like sharing his plans. So um, yeah, he's just happy to get another big fight. Who knows how many are left at heavyweight? And uh, I don't know what his reaction is going. to I don't know how his world is going to be shaken up if he loses. And I don't know where where Ryan Bader's head is going to be at, because um, I think for him, I'm I'm I know he's not overlooking Fedor. It'll be in the in front
5: the- row if he loses. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
4: it'll be about, about, about Fedor Haymaker. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know where his thinking will be if he loses, because if you're if if you're him, forget all the coverage. In your mind, you're you're focused on one thing: I'm getting paid, and two, I've beaten this guy before. I'm gonna do it again. I don't know what a loss would do to his confidence and to his uh, his his. Future prospects with Bellator, but um again, as you can tell, I'm also kind of leaning towards a Bader win, so I haven't really thought of that myself.
3: Well, the current betting lines, according to DraftKings, Brian Bader minus three forty, the comeback on Fedor Emelianenko plus two eighty for the final walk. Jed, what's the pick here? What's what's the pick? Uh, let me start by
5: saying, if you haven't listened to No Bet's Bard. Uh, go go! Take a listen because we had a extended segment about this very fight, particularly the the odds on it. Because when we started the show, the odds were Ryan Bader at minus two fifteen, which I hopped on very very early um, because I was like these seem very stupid and obviously wrong, wrong wrong betting odds. And literally while we were taping, the odds kept dropping to the minus three forty number over the span of thirty minutes. Uh, so give that a listen and I'm I'm picking Bader I don't feel entirely confident in it because his chin is also going and whatever Fedor's faults uh, and his many shortcomings in his later career still hits really hard and he's quite quick uh, we won't have seen him for like close to two years or a year and a half which gives me some pause uh, certainly as well but uh, there's just too many advantages for Bader here. He could knock Fedor out. He can just shoot the double leg and squash him for a while. Either of those are probably lead to a victory and are very effective. I'm going Bader, uh, first
3: round knockout. A.K. Uh, I, you're going
4: Bader as well. I, I have to, man. I got, again, yeah, first round knockout. That's just that's just <laughs> what. The, it's hard for me to shake the image of that first fight. Like now, the the only. Thing like the only mitigating sort of factor in my mind is that, like I said a little bit earlier, Ryan Bader is not a spring chicken, he's 39 and he has a ton of mileage, too. So, yes, he's younger in real life years, yes, he's younger in MMA years, but not by that much. I don't know at what point you cross a threshold. That, you know, the same fresh threshold that Fedor crossed where you just start, you know, you just start fading. And is Bader have his skills or athleticism or chin, whatever, you know, everything that comes to being a fighter. Has any of that eroded to the point that like him and Fedor are actually like a little bit closer than they were for their first matchup? I don't think so. I I, I really don't think so. I think Bader again, pretty pretty mm-hmm. high level. Oh, Chad, do you have a comment on that?
5: I think they're definitely closer. I don't think it's – okay. You think I don't this, think okay. they're on the same level, but let's no. be clear. Ryan Bader started his career after Fedor had already peaked.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> his mm-hmm. MMA mm-hmm.
5: career began in 07. Like Fedor's pretty obvious physical decline started in like 08, so – like, the Hongman-Troy-ish fight is sort of where you're in that. So, like, I don't think they're on the same level. But Bader has clearly declined, which I think does make this more competitive than than the first one certainly was.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm, again, I agree on paper. But, again, just based on that uh, that first fight and, I don't know, having one one foot out the door, it's like I I, I have to – I'm sticking with first round knockout.
5: Do, yeah. Mike, do you know the last time – Fedor Emelianenko got out of the first round. When, Jed? 2016. That was the last time a fight of his didn't end in the first five minutes. Most of those fights ended in the first two minutes.
3: This man <laughs> this does not get
5: paid by the
3: hour, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, this fight's not getting out of the first round, so He's I'll go baby, out there,
5: <laughs> get or get got, baby. That's why I love him.
3: Yeah, especially in this one because it's he is he's always been very low-key and just kind of in his own world, but he just wants this fight to be done with. So he's going to go in there. He's just going to chuck him. He's just going to throw as hard as he can. He's going to get himself right into the fire, and then he's either going to be the one left standing or he somehow catches Ryan Bader. That's how this fight's going to go. They're just going to get in there and swing, and that's it. So I'm going Bader as well, but it would be – pretty friggin' cool if Fedor ended his career as the Bellator heavyweight champion and chaos would ensue I've I've Uh, got a
4: poll up I got a poll up by the way is Fedor the greatest heavyweight of all time so people just I don't want I'm not going to change the poll let's keep that the poll throughout the show Uh, I actually threw it up well before we started so uh we got some we got some data coming in already but if you haven't voted or you're you're just tuning in uh hit up that poll guys is Fedor the goat yes
3: yes It is true
4: uh Main card's going to open with Saba
3: Hamasi versus Brennan Ward. That fight's just going to be incredible. Again, kind of like the main event, they're just going to go in there and throw hammers at each other until somebody falls. It's going to be all sorts of
4: Great <laughs> booking, Bellator. I love how they formatted this card. I, I saw – I know we're not at the question and answer period yet, but uh, I know our pal Joseph Bozo was asking, should they, should they have made like a four-fight card? And I think like three fights is actually perfect for your return to CBS because you're going for like the super casual audience here. And we always say like MMA cards, even Bellator, are, are just too long. Sometimes that one extra fight, we're talking like an extra like 45 – minutes depending on how you space the fights apart how long what happens in the fight if it goes a distance like add it to a fight card and then throwing in promos and commercials so like you don't want that when you when you, we're going again we're back you're back on cbs three fights is perfect opening with saba and brendan well, the only problem is if that fight ends in friggin' 45 seconds and then you have a huge gap between that and uh and then the um uh Iblen title fight then we're That's gonna have the some only issues problem. we're gonna have some issues there also, but I mean, I, I guess you kind of look at it as a, like a boxing card in that sense, you know, if, if you're getting that same casual audience that you to that's, you know, is into boxing, they have a long breaks on boxing cards, too. So that might not be the most like, <laughs> exciting way to sell this. But it's like, yeah, if you get an exciting finish, that's great. Maybe don't wait too long. For, to, to trot out Ibla and Tokov and then if somehow that has a big finish which I wouldn't be expecting I think that's going to go the distance <laughs> <laughs> um, right see you just hit <laughs> on know. the
5: actual it, you hit on the actual problem I, AK but, it has nothing to do with the finish in the, in oh, the main card opener
4: yes I, the home main event
5: is the problem
4: I have heard your protest. I know this. This has the makings of a five-round technical battle that may not be super appealing to uh, Joe Combat Sports, uh, Joe or Joanne Combat Sports. Just ah, flipping through the, the channel. Ah, the but I, but changing. I think for a lot, like, like I said, this happens with boxing cards too, right? So assuming there's, t- assuming there's a good enough chunk of the audience that's tuning in to wait for you know Fedor and Ryan Bader, they won't be turned off by you know a less than thrilling. Five rounder by Eblen and, and uh, Tok. I Maybe mean, we're wrong. Maybe Iblin Tokov turns out to be a great fight. But in a worst case scenario, well, let's say it is kind of a uh, you know not the fastest paced contest. I still think you're, you're not risking losing that much of an audience, or you're losing an audience that a fight like Fedor and Bader doesn't register with them anyway. So it's you know I don't think there's a lot of crossover with the audience that's going to stay and is not going to be deterred by uh, whatever happens in the in the co-main event. That
0: makes sense.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I
4: love
3: I, I love the code, man. I get, I get where you're coming from, Jed, but I actually, like, the more I think about it, the more I think that fight's going to be more incredible theater than maybe it gives credit for because – these two are gonna throw, man. Like, I don't think that like there's gonna be wrestling exchanges. There's gonna be attempts, but both guys are really hard to get down. Tokoff is very, very difficult to take down. And I both guys can hit hard. Both guys can strike. I think I don't know if the wrestling's gonna completely negate itself in this fight, but I think Johnny Eblin's gonna have to reach down deep and show more of his technical striking prowess in this fight because I think he's going to have a tough time taking Tokov down unless, you know, he just kind of wears on him and then rounds four and five, Evelyn gets him tired and maybe starts taking him down. But I see a lot of this fight playing out on the feet, Jed. I do.
5: That would be the best case scenario for Bellator because I I think Evelyn's going to have a really good time out there. He's going to look good. I think he's going to show good striking. He's going to show great wrestling. I think he's going to score takedowns. The hope is that he doesn't and that this becomes a, hey, two wrestlers cancel each other out and they strike. This fight card, again, I give it an eight and a half and I want to absolutely commend Bellator because it's good. This is objectively solid work from them. It does feel like a microcosm of Bellator the entity as a whole though of – they got the ball to the five yard line and I'm not sure they're gonna put it over. Like they they do nine to, nine of the things right, but the tenth one is a fatal flaw. And it's Saahi, I am absolutely on board with the three fight main card. You just want to hit them high octane. Here's the stuff. Let's try to convert fans. Saba Hamasi and Brennan Ward, that is it. Brennan Ward has an unbelievable story to tell on network television. Hamasi has a – not the same any kind of way story realistically, but still a solid enough guy, good personality, banger fight. You open it up, you hook him, and then you're going to come to this. And if it's not what you're saying you see, Mike, if it's what I think will happen where Johnny Ebbam will just be a little bit better, he'll get the wrestling going – it, we're not only losing the opportunity to have used this space to build your next big star, because God love Johnny Evelyn. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. I think I have him in the top five or something in middleweight. I think he's great. I think he's going to be good for a long time. I'm not sure he's a star. He hasn't shown me enough of that to feel confident in this space. And if he comes out and lays that performance then we've missed an opportunity to get AJ McKee over with the CBS audience, you know, something like that. And then the main event is good. So it's, it, we'll see. I could totally be wrong. I've been wrong before plenty of times. Um, and I, I can't be that mad. Cause I love this fight for me. i just don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know if y'all are right or not in that this won't turn off the casual viewer flipping through channels, I think there's a really high chance it does.
3: Hey, listen, you could be right. You could be right, but maybe the, I mean think about it from this sense: if Johnny Ebelin just goes out there and just trucks Tokov, and that then gets be on the mic, tremendous for them. And then he gets on the mic and cuts a promo because the man can cut a promo. He's got a great personality. He can talk some trash. He just hasn't really gotten the opportunity to really go out and do that. And plus, you want to as a promotion build a compelling case that, and oftentimes Bellator does this a little too much and it's just not real. But in this case, if Johnny Ablin goes out and just trucks Tokov and wins like another fight or two this year, depending on who's the UFC middleweight champion, they can make a very strong case that they have the best middleweight in the world. Whether everyone agrees or not is one thing, but if you can at least have a discussion about it, there you go. And it's this is a very, I think Evelyn's a very important piece to the puzzle this year and getting him in the spot after losing Nemkov and Yoel Romero. You know what I mean? But I, I get it I get, with McKee. I get McKee it. McKee is your guy. McKee's well, your guy. That's the thing is,
5: I, I get it because of what happened. I think the Nemkov Yoel fight was good. Like that was it. That was still not as good as doing McKee because he is the flagship of this franchise's promotion. But Nimkov-Yoel would have been an ideal second fiddle to this main. And it fell through when that happens. I get the gamble they're taking with Eblin. My thought is just that it is a gamble as opposed to something that it feels a little more certain. And you don't get that many bites at this particular apple, you know? And so if you're – I hope you're right. If I am in Johnny Eblin's corner or I am at ATT, I am – or if I am Scott Coker, I am – I'll tell it to Tokov too because, you know, can't show favoritism. Like, hey, man, this is the biggest opportunity of your life bar none. Like, bar, I cannot ex- – the difference between the viewership numbers of you beating Gegard Mousasi on Showtime, a fake network, versus you – being the undercard to Fedor on CBS and primetime television on Saturday night is astronomical. If you want to change your life forever and for always, you fight like you have never fought before, win this fight and say something compelling. Be compelling. And you can you can change your stars tonight and hope that, that lights a fire in him. If it does, then this is an unequivocal success. I I will believe that when I see it, though, is my my
4: whole stance here.
3: I like it. Can I I say
4: one one fight? I actually think... If they were gonna go for a four-fight card, I would have liked to see them bump the ladies up. I would have liked to seen the Diana of uh, Saragova fight and Alejandra Lara maybe put in the main card. If only to co- sort of continue the, you know, the legacy of Strike Force, right? Strike force, uh, with you know, I'm not saying these women are on the level of a Gina Carano or a cyborg, but you know, that that was some of their highest drawing. That's sort of what made Strike Force one of the things that helped make Strike Force stand out a little bit was that they were promoting uh women's fighters so much before the UFC was. So I know it's it's we're in a different space now and, and uh, you know, women's fights on, on mainstream television are much more common, but um, I I know Saragova is someone they're definitely getting behind. They want to promote her. Lara is one of their most compelling personalities. I mean, I I think if you had them on TV and we're talking about catching the, the uh, casual audience, you know, you would see these two fight, you see the way they come out, they present themselves. And uh, I think, I think it would draw a lot of general interest. So if that's, if you were to make it, but I'm with Jed, I think three fights was the way to go. Uh, and you want to put? I did. I think they put their best foot forward as much as they could. But if they were going to go a standard four-fight main card, I would have. I would have liked to bump up um, Evstrigova and, and Alejandro Lara.
3: And look, this is a good opportunity for the prelim fighters too, because if the first fight goes the way it is, which we all assume is just going to be like two, three minutes of dude just throwing hams at each other, what's to say that they can't just replay one of the prelims mm-hmm. right there on good old CBS? No, I-
5: That's the thing. I think that would – they can go back to that old thing and that is very effective. I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but we didn't actually – this didn't get mentioned almost at all on BTL and I feel like it should be. Um, Does anyone have plane tracking info on Francis Ngannou? Is he going (laughs) to be there? Because I mean this very seriously. (laughs) Scott Coker should be fired if Francis Ngannou isn't sitting cage side.
4: He he did not make any – Listen, he did not make any promises on the MMA hour when he was talking to Ariel, uh, talking about Scott Coker. Uh, he said, "Of course, we're you know we're going to put out the invite." But I know so-
5: he didn't have to sign him. I'm I am not here to tell you right. you have you have, to so clear, you have to sign him. So we're clear, you have to sign him. Mm-hmm. The success and future of your organization is dependent on it. Because look at the weight class, man. Look at the heavyweight ranks. Fedor is their number three or four ranked heavyweight, and that's actually legitimate. Which should tell you everything you need to know about what heavyweight Bellator is. You have to sign him. I'm not saying you have to sign him before this happens. Just pay that man six figures to sit cage side. Well, that's it. If Badar wins, walk him into the cage and build the interest on CBS. And then you can deliver later. But you have to do this. Okay. I'm just saying this is not negotiable.
4: I doubt it's happening. I think Scott Coker would have announced it. If the if the gears were even in motion, I think Scott Coker. Well, he couldn't announce it unless it was signed. But he I can think make it
1: now. happen. This is Saturday.
4: Sure it is sure, Thursday. You call him, be like,
5: "Hey, get on the next plane. I will pay time. for it and give you a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to sit cage side, watch this fight with your UFC title right around the thing, and then walk in afterwards if Bader wins." Build the interest on this platform. This is—you ha- cannot miss this opportunity if you are Bellator. Or what are we doing here, man?
4: All right, I'm just saying this is not for you. This is for our viewers. Don't get your hopes up. I'm—I'm ju- I'm just saying you—it's true. A lot can change in the next 48 hours, but nothing has been promised. We are not saying anything has been. I don't know. I don't know if that. I don't even happen. know if he's. It's a, a, it's I don't so even cool. know if
5: he's
3: in the states. He had.
5: I don't he believe escaped. he is. I think he's. I think he's overseas. Doesn't matter. Pay. The jets, the jets no, say, it's, get not, the it's not. Get the, get no, the private like jet. like
3: that. No, he had. Um, when I talked to Eric Nixick a little while ago, he said that uh, Francis has visa issues, which is why he's not in Vegas right now. So we had to go home, spent the holidays, Smuggle and then him to spend the time there. Smuggle <laughs> him in.
5: <laughs> put him in Leave a big piece of luggage and roll him through customs. Get him there, man.
3: Just It'd be get huge. him there. It'd be huge. Or if they just had him Skype in during the broadcast and do a little hit with Mara or something. I just, mean, uh, any, hey, what do you think about
5: Fedor? Any, that's the minimum acceptable, I guess. But like, Wow. You just at the moment he was a free agent. Scott Coker should have lived in Fedor's and and uh, Francis's DMs. Just like, hey man, let's do it. Let's figure out a way to get you here for this, and then we can talk numbers later. Uh, you want a box? Mean, We're on Showtime, a fake network. It's the but best we place for on him. this network. Yeah, come on.
4: The The best place for him, I think. The freedoms are on YouTube. YouTube, right? I think. They're on Oh, I'm sorry. excuse oh, me. They're on MMAfighting.com. I've yes, heard that. Yes. It's a great website. Look for the lives. We always have the live stream of the prelims, of course, MMAfighting.com. Uh, I should shout out for my Canadians. I'm pretty sure this will be the same as all the other Canadian events. We do have CBS up here, though. So I guess it will just be on our CBS. This one might – yes. I, I, I think you guys know we, we've been getting all the Belter cards on YouTube because there just has been no TV deal. We don't have Showtime up here. Uh, so we've been watching everything on YouTube, which is great. I assume this will just be on CBS on TV. We do have CBS in the Great White North. But otherwise, if it's not there for some reason, guys, check YouTube. But we will have the prelims on MMAfighting.com, as you guys said. Uh I just want to it's
5: on Paramount Plus too, isn't it?
4: Yeah, which yeah, sure awesome. it is in all of which the cards. Yeah, Paramount Plus. I think we have in Pretty Canada sure as well. Is. My fellow Canadian, I would, would be
5: shocked if if you have CBS but don't have Paramount Plus. We have that Paramount. Would absolutely have Paramount. baffle me. We have like Paramount Channel.
4: And I don't know. Yeah, there's also a Paramount Paramount Plus
5: is just right. CBS's streaming platform.
4: I don't understand whatever. any of this stuff. Uh Jalon Bates is fighting. Uh, they have a lot of invested in him, so that you know, that's great. That's early on the card. Great prospect. darian Caldwell, former Bantamweight champion, is low, is out down there on the prelims. Um, we got Max roscoff Max Roscoff had a nice bounce back since you know, parting ways with the UFC after that one fight. It's very controversial. He wanted out of the fight and He's 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 really known for that, but he people don't know he fought a couple of times in cage wars. After could not get in the cage last year, unfortunately, a bunch of fights, three book fights fell through. So uh, now his belter debut has been moved to, uh, to again to uh, this this Saturday. So I still think Max Roscoff can be like one of the most exciting grapplers in all of MMA. I have really high hopes for this kid, and I I still believe there's a day where people will we Will move on from say, I don't think he will just forever be known as the guy who, you know, wanted out of a fight, which again, is not. there's nothing wrong with that. Henry Corrales is fighting. That's awesome. Uh, undefeated, Ahmed Magomedov. Larkin uh, Berkimov, the running that one back after the last fight ended in a I weird way, I love that fight. I love it. And then closing out the prelims, I, in case this is all just a setup. I'm about to life. say.
5: Oh, life. my God.
4: The, the You know it's coming. The Neiman Gracie coming off, first of all, uh, one of the funniest finishes of 2022. Getting straight up tanked by on the feet by Goti Yamauchi. I love that. I think that made my top five, of like or top five, top six knockouts of the year. It was so hilarious. Uh, facing, uh, uh, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never at the mirror. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the Dante Shiro. So that is why you know this whole thing was just to set that up Mike wow. I won't apologize for it <laughs> I won't apologize for it <laughs> oh he's just to talk that was and, I'll t- and I'll t- I, t- I tweeted it before and I'll tweet it again on Saturday no matter what he wins he loses I'm tweeting it I don't care
3: what excites you about him have reading up a code <laughs> Jed, what, what about he? He ran off a bunch of names there. Which, which he didn't name the name best fight invited? on the prelims. He didn't talk
5: about the best fight on the
3: prelims. <laughs> well, you. I talk left it to you. It. I know what you're going to say. Do you
5: know? Do you know that this fight card happens to have the most rare thing in all of MMA, the rarest thing, even more rare than a women's bantamweight fight, <laughs> <laughs> a matchup of heavyweight prospects. And maybe prospect isn't all the way the right word, but Steve Mary's undefeated. All of his wins are by finish 10 and 0, like has looked good. Ali Asayev is an Olympian. From, he, uh, he's from a place, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Dagestan. And they tend to make guys who are good at fist fighting other dudes. He also went to the Olympics. That The cross-section of people in that is one. It's him that have done those two things in fight. And he's a heavyweight under PFL champion. He's been gone for a while, so I don't have any idea what he's going to look like. But like, this is the most fascinating fight of the whole weekend as far as just, I have no idea what's going to happen. And wow, undefeated heavyweight prospects. This has never happened in the history of the sport. So this is easily the fight I'm the most interested in.
3: Yes. And these two guys have trained together in the past many times. So they're very familiar with one another. Steve Maui, very familiar with Ali and vice versa. So there's a relationship there. As soon as, as I have signed, Steve Maui is pretty much like, yeah, I'm probably going to fight that dude. And sure enough, as I have First Bellator fight. He's fighting his former teammate, Steve Maury. How about that? Uh the Darian Caldwell fight is very interesting to me because I talk. I, I talked to the man. He just seems like a totally different person. He's with Killcliff FC now. He basically, basically, the coaching staff there stripped him down to nothing as far as a fighter goes, because they just basically were very real with him, telling him, look, you're not really doing as well as you think you are. You need to do this. You need to do this. I don't think you're trying as hard. And he got humbled up. Darren Coll got humbled up over these last 13 months for, by Greg Jones and Henry Hooft and other coaches over at Kill Cliff FC. And he just seems like in a much different place, seems a little more free, more coachable, better teammate, all these things. So I'm very interested to see how this fight plays out with Nikita Mikhailov and how he looks because he's – I mean, this dude won the belt. He was the champion and hasn't won a fight in a long, long time. So I'm really interested to see how he bounces back. And a lot of these fights, a lot of these fights. Jalen Bates, Jornel Lugo is freaking awesome. That is a really good fight. I'm really interested to see how Jalen Bates does against Jornel Lugo and see how Lugo bounces back from that tough loss to Danny Sabs because Danny kind of put the boots to him during that uh, Bellator Hawaii card. And that was his first loss, so we'll see how he bounces back from that. So a lot to like with this Bellator card. And I'm I'm psyched for it. I, I can't wait to see. It. And hopefully this is the start of a of a magical year for Bellator in May. And hopefully we see Francis and Ganu sit in cage side at the Kia Forum in Inglewood, but we'll see what happens. AK. This is not oh. the same. I will disagree with you on one thing. Oh, we're not okay, done.
2: We're,
3: we're not we're shifted to the UFC. There's, oh, with seven other shots.
4: Oh, we have another show to talk about. Okay, great, great.
3: I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time here, but I I will (laughs) say this. We did break this fight, this main event down before, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak, but it is not the same fight. In fact, you can argue that one person is not even the same human being anymore. Have you seen photos of Derek Lewis? Have you seen what this man looks like? Because Uh what you're seeing is about two-thirds of the man that we saw before UFC Vegas 65 in November. This dude's ready. He's focused. He feels like... People aren't excited to watch him fight anymore. He feels like the media's kind of dogged him and called him a bum a little bit, which is something you don't hear Derek Lewis say all that often, like very seriously, maybe just joking around. But usually it's just, I'm going to go in, fight, get paid, and then I'm just going to stop worrying about MMA altogether. But Derek seems focused, seems in the best condition he's ever been in heading into a fight. This is maybe not the
4: same fight, AK. I mean, to me it is because I picked – no, I, I I picked Derek Lewis to win the first time. Now I'm really confident Derek Lewis is going to win. I just think Sergey Spivak, I, I, he's a good heavyweight, but I think his tool set is exactly the kind that uh, Derek Lewis has had the answer to before. He's exactly the kind of target that Derek Lewis has been able to put mitts on before, and we know that that does not go well for folk. It, uh, uh, I mean, again, we talk about Derek Lewis being in a slump. Sergey Spivak, uh, Sergei, excuse me, um, Pavlovich, incredible athlete, absolute Hulk, and and we know Derek Lewis can lose to those guys, so that wasn't surprising at all. Um, and then uh, Tai Tuivasa is his his brother in swanging and banging. So I mean, just someone had to go there, you know. I, 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 in another world, I think Ty, that that you run that fight back, you know, ten times. I don't know if Tai wins like like seven out of ten. I don't know. It could be like six and four. I mean, these guys are just in there, just bang. I may, maybe ties a little faster at this stage. I don't know, but uh, but this matchup with Sergey, he just doesn't fit that bill of guys that usually manage to pull out a win over Derek Lewis. He's super strong grappler. That's great. Um, he's got good size. Now he can't strike, but he's gonna just want to take Derek Lewis down and go to work. And I, I think uh, Derek Lewis is classic. You know, stand up. I just stand up defense is going to be in full force uh, on Saturday. So the time and the time thing is so weird. I don't know who this benefits because they will be Mike. What are we guessing? The the time is that they'll come up from the main event. We're talking like uh, 3 a.m. Eastern and like midnight over in, in the at the apex, right?
3: Yeah, it's got to be something like That's that because weird. the main card starts at one and yeah, I would say 3.30, right? 3.15, 3.30, this thing's going to start.
4: That's so weird. we got to talk about this more, this time thing. But yeah, just regarding the main event, I'm not sure who it benefits. I know Derek Lewis was saying at the uh, media day, like I've kind of been trying to like mess with my sleep, you know, trick my body into pushing a little bit later. But damn, man, when you're when you're uh, an athlete who's been doing, you know, at least a similar routine for so long, I don't know if you can just change it like that. So it's a it's a weird thing having to, for them to have to march out there at midnight. But uh, I, I welcome any excuses that either man has uh, sh- should they lose in in a weird fashion because this is this this whole car is just strange.
3: Yes, one thing we didn't talk about on BTL Jed, and I figure you're the right person to ask about this. I didn't I haven't looked at the betting lines for this fight at all, and I just mm-hmm. looked at it. Sergey Spivak, minus 230 favorite. The comeback on Derek Lewis, plus 195. What? <laughs> Are you surprised by this?
5: Not really. I don't know if it's right or not. When we talked about it on BTL, I, I just don't have any level of confidence. Uh, the uh, I'll be honest, the svelte Derek Lewis has me thinking, okay, I might take a shot on him at almost plus 200. Uh, I do think it's a dogger pass. Like I would never lay this juice on Spivak, but... The truth is Derek Lewis has looked so bad lately and granted very different style matchups, right? But I just – it's really hard to feel confident in him. But at plus 200, I'm probably going to end up placing a wager on the man because this is – a couple of years ago, if you had told me I was getting plus 200 on Derek Lewis versus Sergei Spivak, I would have unloaded the bankroll on it. So uh, I know that it's not a couple of years ago and that's how time works, but – Sometimes a lizard brain jet is like, got to do that. That's, that makes sense to me. So yeah, but I get why.
3: AK, what does the loss do to Derek Lewis here?
4: Again, I, I, I I'm having deja vu. Like I swear, we talked about this ahead of their first matchup, right? Like we did. We just, uh, and but I mean, I, the I, division I, the division's so much different now. It is different. It is different. No more
3: Francis. John Jones is is back. Hopefully, it's 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 just much. It's a much different place since November.
4: Yes, I think somehow his ranking didn't change. I guess no one. I guess no one in that time jumped over him. Pavlovich was already ahead of him. Tommy Aspinall held onto his spot. Johnson Almeida, you guys refuse to put him. No, I'm just kidding. I think I, I think I put him. On. It's
5: no, it's an A.K. <laughs> ranking system. uh it guys is. from below you have him. To have him, to yeah. beat him.
4: Is it true? So I, he, he
5: will only leave if seventeen more dudes <laughs> knock him out. It's <laughs> a long, it's a long road is. down. I don't know
4: what he. Is. It's a long road down. No, he could listen. He can lose, and he's he'll be back. He'll be back. He's a he's a fan favorite. uh I, I imagine that the people backstage are somewhat sympathetic to, you know, his complaints over the Pavlovich stoppage and the tie to Ivasa. Tied to Ivasa, I think, far less questionable. Pavlovich, I understood the controversy a little more. I personally didn't have an issue with either stoppage. Um, I guess we'll talk about the Dan Mergly thing now. I know, uh, oh, there you go. Joseph Boza just has been asking about it. And, yeah, he said at the uh, half-jokingly, somewhat not-jokingly, Uh, Saying uh, uh, Big Dan was the referee for the Pavlovich and Tuivasa fights, and Lewis was saying like I don't know if he has it in for me. He kind of jokingly used the word conspiracy, Uh, and he said he said if Dan Mergliata, is the referee assigned to my fight on Saturday, I'm just and and then he asks us uh, fighter, are you ready? Fighter, are you ready? When he comes in my direction, I'm going to say no, I'm not ready. I want a different (laughs) referee. So again. He was joking, but obviously there was some real frustration there. Uh, Big Dan was that old.
5: That would be awesome.
4: I would love it. I would
5: did, think that they- he would lose, but uh, it would be hilarious.
4: I know they don't want... You certainly don't want uh, fighters dictating, you know, officiating assignments and judging assignments and things. But I would imagine just to avoid drama, they're probably not going to give him Dan Regliotta. But maybe I'm wrong and he'll be there and it'll be hilarious. But uh, he was also the ref during the uh, the serial gone law. No controversy there, serial gone. But it is like just bad luck that his last three fights that were refereed by uh, Dan Regliotta, he lost all of them by TKO. But then you look at who he fought I'd say maybe it has more to do with uh, his opponent than Big Dan being in there. So, uh, yeah, I like that aspect of it. I... I if I I I don't blame again. I personally don't blame Dan Margotta for those stoppages. Dan, Derek Lewis he got rocked. He really put himself in some bad positions. The Pavlovich one I get it. It was very brief. Um, I could understand wanting to see that one continue a little longer. But if anyone forgets, that's when Derek Lewis kind of got clipped, went face down for a mm-hmm. moment, and then st- Big Dan stepped in right away. Derek Lewis springs up right away. A lot of people did not like how, how that went. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I think the, the Dan Wrigley out of thing, it's more of a coincidence than obviously any actual conspiracy. And, uh, and I don't know if Derek Lewis has that much of a case to like complain about those stoppages, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong.
3: That stoppage aged very well for, da- for Big Dan because I was one of those people, that, like when it first happened, I'm like, oh, come on, how dare you stop a Derek Lewis fight like that? And then the more you watch, the more you realize, like, if any of us are reffing, we're probably stopping that shit too. When his face goes into the mat like that. So uh even if it is Derek Lewis who's just sometimes not even a human being. I'm if going Derek Face Planato, by the way. Like, it's a stoppage.
5: If you yeah, ever face plant, you cannot complain about a stoppage. I don't care if the face plant wakes you up, you face planted.
3: Yeah. It's ending. a bad look. It's just the, the the aesthetics are horrible. Uh I'm going Derek Lewis second round knockout I t- second round Derek lewis i think uh could be a tough first round but i think he gets it done in round two jed what's your official pick
5: oh i don't know sure i'll go <laughs> i'll believe in Derek <laughs> lewis this one time that will almost certainly cost me money but it'll be fine uh i just don't want to live in a world where sergey spivak's good because that would be a terrible world to live in um but yeah, I, I'm going to believe that Derek Lewis does a Derek Lewis thing in like the third round after Spivak does successfully take him down a bunch. And Derek Lewis uses Derek Lewis' jujitsu of just standing <laughs> the fuck up. Uh, and Sergey Spivak's like, I don't know what the hell to do with this guy. I keep taking him down. He just stands up and then he gets knocked out. So I'm going to say third round KO for Derek Lewis. Bring back third round
3: Derek Lewis. Ooh. AK, what's your official pick?
4: I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines as you, Mike, but I'm I don't think it goes to the second round. I think late late first round. So same idea. He fights off some takedowns. He he gets the F up and uh and by the end it just turns it on. Turns he's gonna fight with some urgency. I'm gonna say he's gonna fight with some urgency. It's just it's, it'll just be too damn late. Again, 12 o'clock by the time they walk out, 12, 15 I don't know how long the 12-10, maybe by the time the fight actually starts after the walkouts. And uh so this is a little bit earnest there, just so he can go to bed. So, uh, late, late first round, like in the, you know, in the sometime in the, 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 uh, fourth minute.
3: Down Jung, Devin Clark, the co-main event.
4: Uh, we have another heavyweight fight on this main card.
5: Wait, wait, wait. Is that a co-main event AK?
4: Oh, golly. No, it is not. And I like, (laughs) I I, I didn't think so. I
5: just wanted to make sure. I like
4: down Jung. He's putting together. He's one of those guys kind of quietly putting together a nice, uh, you know, nice little run in the UFC. Just got his first loss. But before that, just, was doing pretty good. Um, but uh no, I, I how can I'm I i, I, I can not find an angle from which someone would convince me that this is a co-main. It's just I have oh, le, 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 okay, go ahead, Mike, and we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this. Go ahead.
3: It's not has nothing to do with merit or anything like that, uh, but uh
4: and I I am not
3: interested in this fact is that this fight card is in the Apex at all. But I will say there's one thing that I enjoy about this this fight card being in the Apex, and it is this fight in particular. Because where Devin Clark goes for a fight, that means Devin Clark's dad goes for a fight. And that dude screaming at the top of his lungs for every second of that fight is just must-see TV for me. Uh, I probably won't be seeing it until Sunday, if we're being honest with each other. But Devin Clark's dad being in the corner... I think at least makes this somewhat compelling to be a co-main event because he's probably the third most interesting person on this entire card.
4: Okay, Papa Clark, an unquestionable main event, a co-main event attraction. But I, I, his level, he'll have to be very involved mike as he usually is for me to for me to 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 go along fully with this this suggestion i thought you were going to bring up the time zone thing and saying like oh well if this had happened whereas originally you know suggested that it was supposed to be in seoul and south korea then it's kind of a nice co-main i i hate i hate so much that they just didn't put this back into vegas what again is the justification because there's an audience there that is you know uh, for the the pre the, the, the road to UFC we haven't even talked about that yet. is this for the is this strictly for the road to UFC audience, which is by the way, those fights are taking place on the prelims, not on the main card I because in general there's so much you know Asia region talent on the card. why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?
3: Well, I mean that that that's an interesting question so I'll, I'll pose <laughs> it to, to each of you um because on the on the on the flip side, When this decision was made, that Bellator 290 card was already, like, happening. It was happening. It was going to be on CBS. We knew Fedor was fighting in the main event. We knew all of this. Uh, And normally the UFC doesn't care because they're just getting a floppy jillion dollars by putting on any card, uh, no matter what. As long as they fulfill the number of cards per year they have to do, they will just chuck them out there because that's the deal that they have. But, uh, Jed, do you think there's... And I'll let you answer this too in a moment, AK. Do you think there's do you think there's any talks within the UFC? And it's hard to put yourself in the war room where they're just like, you know what? Fedor's retirement fight, they're on CBS. Like we have sort of an excuse here where we could push this thing back a few hours and we have something that we could say that would actually make some kind of sense. Do you think it's or do you think it's really just because of the South Korean audience and we want to cater to them because we were supposed to get a card there? Um, and the bellator thing had nothing to do with it at all.
5: Simplest answer is the right one. It's the South Korean audience. Like this isn't, this isn't drawing in the American audience with these names as we've discussed. Uh, but the South Korean audience, presumably, you know, the road to the, uh, UFC garnered some interest in Southeast Asia and, and that's, you know, where it goes. Because the fact is the other scenario doesn't make sense because we have literally seen the UFC counter program stuff before. We have seen them call up Anderson Silva and be like, hey, can you fight in a couple weeks' notice because we're throwing together a card because we want to make Scott Coker's life worse. Like They would absolutely do whatever they could. I'm not saying they would succeed a whole lot uh, with this particular outing, but it is more surprising that they didn't say – F them fans. We're gonna make sure there's a second bit of fighting going on to split the viewership away from Fedor. But yeah, I think it's for sure that one.
3: Okay, I, I'm I'm more. I think I'm with you on that. But AK, do you agree with that?
4: Yeah, I. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just so I'm so annoyed. But I def- <laughs> we can I can I be. Can I give people a little behind the scenes here? I, as far as I know, we have not. Dis- we we do not know who on our staff is covering which event. Right? We do not know. We're going yes, to. splitting We of do.
5: The we do. We definitely know for sure. now.
4: What yeah. am I doing?
3: Well, now <laughs> you get to find out. It's a mystery box. It could be anything. Okay. <laughs> we you might have to both. get the drum roll. We might have to get the drum roll for this one. Um, you know what? Listen, I'm happy. I'm happy
4: to do either one. I ha- have you. I'm wait, happy AK. to do either one. Okay. You I'm will happy. be. Uh, You'll be on Bellator. Oh, thank God. I mean, Hey, <laughs> let mean, me tell you how the breakdown worked. Both cards are great. Uh, yeah, the people
5: easy. in the time zones that would not be living a hellscape of a life to stay. <laughs> oh, at the
4: good. You see, Oh,
5: good. Aren't doing that.
4: Very thoughtful, very <laughs> thoughtful of our MA fighting overlords. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 like I, I see a reason for both. Mike, you, you got me thinking with the Bellator. Th- you're right. Uh, it, it works out nicely that if someone were planning to have just a full on, you know, MMA heavy evening, you get to watch. You, you get your fade over retirement. Boom. You get to see the ceremony. You tune in into uh, Lewis Spivak late after the ceremony's over. 26 is Twenty six fights. Twenty six of them. Let's go. <laughs> and there you go. And then, and then you get the to watch Super Bowl MMA is and- this
5: Saturday, guys. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: This is the Super Bowl of MMA this weekend. Uh, so I. See, you're right. You know, I do see the reasoning with the Tour thing. But for me, I, then the more cynical side of me just says like, yeah, they, they're like, listen, we, we had planned to essentially have it on this. This is the time it would have been on if we had gone overseas to South Korea and we have to keep it this, this way. Especially since we have people who are invested in some of these fighters, invested in this tournament. Um, King is just – maybe I'm wrong and this road to UFC thing has – it's been a massive hit overseas. I have no gauge for it. If there's anyone in our YouTube comments who is again in the in the Asia region in that time zone and you have been watching intently and there's like it is just crushing it over there as far as level of interest, please let me know. I re, I am not being sarcastic. I have no gauge for it. Um I I I just don't think there is. But again, I'm over here in North America, so obviously it's uh you know, it's not hitting the same way what over here. But um I don't know if that even if it is, I just don't know if that's justification for uh, uh for doing this to the fighters. It's not even about us, Mike, uh, Mike and Jed. It's not about it. It's about the fighters having to come over. Some of them having flying over, you know, again, a lot of these, these um, Asian fighters having to fly in and then fight at this bizarre time. Uh, The whole thing is just, is just strange to me, but what are we doing? You know,
3: You're muted.
5: I realized I was muted. Maybe they never get jet lag though, AK, because they just stay in the time zone the whole time. Yeah.
4: So maybe it's to accommodate them.
5: 3D chess, you know?
4: I don't like this. I don't like any of this.
5: (laughs) I agree. It's, it's not ideal.
3: We do get Laura Sanko on the headsets. Yes. Doing color commentary, which is amazing. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit on BTL well-deserved. That's honestly one of the, if you can name the top three best things about this card Laura Sanko being a part of the broadcast is one of them. So congratulations to her. We get the return of the Korean Superboy, Duho Choi, first fights in 2019, and we get Tetsuro Tyra, who I'm very excited about. And I feel like when we talk about these up and coming prospects, especially at 125, that's a name we don't we don't hear all that often. Jed, I, I feel like he should be talked about more. And I feel like this is the the type of matchup where. He is just going to style and do the damn thing, and he's probably going to get another finish.
5: Probably. I don't know. Jesus Aguilar is pretty good, or Jesus Aguilar, I guess. Um, he is not a pushover. Uh, I think these odds are a little long, even though I love Tatsuo Taro. I think he is he's a guy who's going to fight for about one day. Like That is a thing that is going to happen for this young man. Um, I love that we're opening the car with him. Uh, I'm with you. I think he doesn't get enough love in part because he came in right around the same time as Muhammad Makaev and we've been so high on Makaev that it just sort of overshadows him. And he doesn't – his performances jump off the page, but nothing else about him is is demanding you grab attention the same way that Umar Nurmagomedov's last name does or, or stuff like that. So he's just about as good a prospect as it gets, but he, he is the least notable of them for reasons almost entirely outside of his control but yeah, it's awesome. I also, uh, look, uh, Jiang Yong Lee is, is dope. I, I went back and watched some fights. He is a very good Korean prospect. I don't mean he's 27. So he's a little old for prospect, but that, that dude has some juice to him. Uh, and the fight with Jai Yi is a really good fight. Like that's, I don't care much about these road to the UFC fights, but that fight in particular is, is quite good. And then, uh, Rinya Nakamura, I'm, pretty interested to see what he ends up doing because he has exceptional credentials like he, he has the bones of being a great prospect we'll see how it pans out but this was a u23 world champion in wrestle, wrestling like that is we talk all the time uh, about being a d1 national champion as this like unbelievable seal of approval and i'm not here to tell you that that is soft because it ain't and po- very difficult. But realistically, when you actually break that down, what that means is you are a youth national champion. You are a 22-23 national champion, which is awesome. We've seen the pipeline of talent it has put in this sport. This, this man won the world championships of the same age caliber, essentially. like he is, He's all that in a bag of chips on paper. What he's shown so far in his career has been good. Now we get to see him take the proverbial step up and see what he can do with it. So there are some things that are enticing about this undercard, but they're a bit spaced out and it's some few and far between. Um, okay,
4: I'm anything ex- else? Yeah, I'm excited about Jekasariki. He's in the lightweight final against uh, Anshul little Indonesia versus India action uh Sargi came into the tournament with a reputation of like being a wild ass finisher uh he comes from the extremely dubious one one pride mma promotion i'm amazed they didn't fit uh ultimate in there somewhere uh, one pride of it should be one pride <laughs> ultimate mma maybe that would have been a little too close to a lawsuit i'm not sure uh he has a lot of high a lot of pre uh ufc highlights again if and uh and and uh one pride MMA, i'm pretty sure they have all their shows on youtube so if you want to ever find a uh, jack Saragi fights you can but the competition not the greatest it is a pretty much a lawless land but he's backed it up he's got two knockouts in the tournament to get to the final uh, he could be one of the exciting guys to come out of this so I'm, I'm excited about jackassargi uh, i admit i i don't know a lot about a lot of the other fighters who were in the tournament who who didn't make it to the final but listen this is why this is why and i'll bring this full circle a little bit mike this is why we have the great Laura Sanko on commentary. Cause I guarantee you, she has either been keeping up with this tournament cause she's hardcore or if she hasn't been, uh, she's called all she the fights. She's called out. See, I didn't even know that this is how little I know. I know so little about road to UFC <laughs> that I, that I, I didn't even know Laura Sanko had done it. So they got the right person for the job for sure. Uh, and again, even if she hadn't been, you know, that she'd be do the research and she'd get it done. Uh, most of the fighters, I will say, who get the fight night assignments do a good job. But uh, Laura Sanko, you know, again, this is long overdue, and I, I'm, I'm, that is one. Th- I'm, I'm probably I don't know if I'm going to watch the whole card, but I am going to tune in for some of it. And one of the reasons is for sure to see uh, Laura Sanko's debut. I'm really excited about it, and um, yeah, let's let's hope uh, pay per view. Uh, no reason she shouldn't be able to pay per view this year. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, it's going to be. She's with John Good. She called all the fights with John Gooden. And I think is good in calling this one I yeah, want, I, that'd wonder be smart. If he's I don't I, did, I didn't think he was um, yeah, I don't know.
5: I'm willing to be wrong on that. I thought it was her um Annick and uh it's Annick um, that's what I thought, but I'm not do not quote like, that's not a guarantee.
3: Maybe we'll find the answer as we uh we go through. I know our own Steve Morocco spoke with Laura. So maybe he has a little more clarity on that, but it makes sense that John Gooden freaking do it. Maybe Gooden Sanko Felder, I think, would be a pretty good a, a pretty good tandem right there. So uh That's let's take news. a let's take a few questions. Uh we can't go crazy. Well let's take a couple of questions from the peeps. Let's bring in E
2: Casey Lydon. Hello. Oh, I didn't want this question up yet, but no, we'll go. We'll go ahead and answer this question.
3: <laughs> didn't want it up. But uh,
5: here join
2: we late. Are.
3: <laughs> join late, but thoughts on the almost non advertised UFC 284, but endless video of prime and slap fighting. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we talked about this on heck of a morning, Jed, uh, and I'll get your thoughts on this 2AK. But this just feels like the same stuff all the time. Like, not. I understand the slap. Stupid Power Slap promos. They're everywhere. Call it
5: by its name. It's Dana White's Power Slap.
3: Yes. Yes. And it's stupid and nobody wants to see them, but Twitter algorithms, be damned, whatever. But I feel like the build for this card is, like, what we get for most of these cards. Do we not? Like, it's usually... The hardcores are just going to talk about it because they're awesome. Like, Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky, we know how great the fight is. And then as we get to fight week, we say to ourselves, man, I feel like we're not getting enough promotion or buzz for this card. And then by the time we get to Friday, we're like, holy shit, here we are. We're a day away from this one. Like, we're so jacked up. I don't feel like this is any different than most other cards not involving Conor McGregor or any other big star. Am I, am I crazy?
5: No, it's 100%. I've been saying it for years. This isn't a fight promotion. They're a fight organization. They don't promote shit. They are on autopilot and have been for years. Every once or twice a year, they maybe try to promote something to some extent, be it a Conor fight or a BMF belt. Do They do something that can be qualified as like legitimate fight promotion. This is not a company that cares. They have not cared from the moment they sign the ESPN deal, and the money they get is guaranteed. That, that is just not worth it to them to try or make an effort. Your fight promotion starts on Monday. You do the fight. you got this fight card. It will end on Saturday or Sunday morning, you know, time frame. Sunday, nothing much will happen, and then Monday will be the the when the ad spots run, whatever those are, and that's it. They'll do the same things that they always do because that that is the world we live in. Right now, it's where we'll live forever until something changes monetarily because it's not worth it to them. It means nothing to them to get an extra 10,000 buys by trying to make this interesting or promote something. That's just – yeah. And
2: that, and that is why they have been promoting the – Oh, just yeah. so annoyingly promoting this. Dana White's power slap.
5: Yeah, Dana I, I, White's power slap is I've being promoted to, uh, because they're trying.
2: Because they, they can actually make a lot more money from that. Like mm-hmm. money that – oh, God. Like, it, I've had a, it is not I've, a I've self-sufficient a block, entity. Yeah. I've had so a block have to block and unfollow UFC and Dana White accounts because they keep – I can't avoid the slap advertisements everywhere. And like it's just it, – like freaking like annoys the heck out of me like you can unfollow them but then they then they put their then they put the slap fighting content into the ufc accounts into dana white's accounts it's just ugh, i do not do i not also like how that works.
3: i also think and, and i don't have any insight to this whatsoever but this is my hunch that this is a cash buy from the ufc this power slap i don't think tbs is like wow i gotta tell you this is a tremendous idea here's here's a hundred million dollars we're going to put this on our network. I think this is more like what it time slot you get available. Oh, after AEW? Cool. We'll pay you for this. Exactly. Um, that's this probably what exactly this is. This is exactly
5: what Spike TV in The Ultimate Fighter was. Exactly. It is the exact... Do you, What in the history of this promotion would make anyone think they were doing something new or creative? They are running back the same shit and just seeing if it works again because the first time it made them $4 billion. Like, so... They're just doing this and said that's why they're trying and making an effort and promoting this because if they can get it some level of traction and then maybe they can build on it. The UFC runs on its own. That is – we've said that argument a thousand times about Dana isn't important to the company because he's not, because it runs on its own. I could head it. You could head it. Joseph Bosa could head it. Anybody in the comments (laughs) could run the UFC because it is a self-sufficient entity at this moment in time.
3: Okay.
4: Oh, I would just say it's it's depressing that this has become that we have such a prepared answer for when because you're right this has come up before. Do you oh do you feel like there's not enough buzz around this event? And we we've we know what to say now. We have we have a pattern down uh, regarding you know the UFC's lack of promoting what seems like a massive event. Volk, the two best pound for pound fighters in the world.
2: When was the last time UFC had that? Is that?
5: When was so the last time ahead. Connor I fought I Dustin Poirier? July of '01 well, no well, '21 one versus
2: two pound for pound.
5: Oh, it was Corm- Cormier do. Jones. Well, the rematch Cormier yeah. Jones was for pound. Okay, okay, that was it. Okay. Okay. And, and the, those and the, the UFC official
2: yeah,
4: rankings. And, that, and right. that
2: felt bigger. I felt uh, maybe I'm um, maybe rose colored glasses, but like it felt yeah. like coming into that fight, it was like three weeks of like. Oh, yeah,
5: because yeah, that was before the ESPN deal gave them guaranteed money, and they stopped giving a shit entirely. Yeah, and there was probably yeah,
4: yeah. even still – I think that was before we went to this this complete boom period of what, 44-some 40, UFC events a year. So at least there was like a little bit more breathing room. Now, I mean, again, listen, they had. The UFC—they have an event this weekend. How can they start promoting an event, a pay-per-view, when they got to give this uh, this weird midnight, uh, you know, uh, Pacific Time main event uh, show? You got to give that its time. Casey, plus Power Slap. You know, they have a whole six days before uh, UFC 284 to to really get back those promotional gears moving. So what's the rush, right? They got a card this weekend. They got Power Slap tonight. Uh, uh, what? Not tonight. What day is it today? Yesterday. They had Power Slap yesterday. Was, yeah. They had Power Slap every Wednesday. Why am I promoting this? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They, they've got it in, It's in my, it's my head.
5: this man's yeah. name with this shitty product. Pretty
4: much. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just really sad that uh, th- we know how it is now. I know I know. it seems like it's this one card that's getting shortchanged, but it's not. It's not. This just happens with the pay-per-views now because you know, there's so many cards. And we it were just saying – Do you know, you we know why it seems that.
5: like this? The reason it seems like this is because other people who are more casual fans who are not – tuned into everyday life to the extent that we are, cause it's our jobs or whatever are like, Oh, this is a super fight, right? It doesn't feel like it. And it, that's just it. So they are just noticing the reality. It's, it is not, nothing has changed. This is it. And it. so it begs, it really asks the question, why do we have super fights if they don't give a shit to promote them? What is the purpose of this super fight? Genuinely, I don't know because all it is doing functionally is tying up two belts now for the UFC because they're not getting extra money because they don't care. So, what who benefits is my question. Who is benefiting from this if this is our world?
4: Imbound 24 way, next Saturday, guys. Next Saturday, yeah, it's gonna be fun. But, here, but just to just to tell
3: you and give you an example of why, like how long this has been happening, go listen to any programming. Go watch, go find the old MMA hour the week before Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 2. We were having the same conversation. <laughs> we were having the same conversation oh, before man. that fight, before that fight. And our answer was exactly the same. Once these guys get in a room together and they have the fight week stuff, then it's going to build up. And then we saw water bottles thrown and all sorts of craziness. And then by the time we got to it, everybody was friggin' jacked up for it. Um, but that's where we're at. It's been this way forever. It's forever. All right. Uh, it's really fun and that by the, the UFC um, gives it's, UFC all that money. It's great. It's John Gooden, Laura oh, Sanko, good. Michael
4: Bisping. Oh, yep, Michael oh, Bisping is the third. Wow. Good. Good. wow, excellent, excellent.
5: So they are that's really true. treating this like it's still in Seoul, just hitting the, <laughs> yeah, hit, hitting the international crew with it too. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right.
4: Alright, uh, t- t- guys any bellator questions I, I don't see it youtube guys we're uh, you taking bellator questions too we're taking uc yeah, questions, we we questions we can't answer that. this oh, there but, we go uh,
2: do we get just uh, any
4: jk what's yours kevin randleman that's that's the one, yeah, that's, that's, the that's, one that's, that's, the that's the one that's the one you show that to anybody who's just a even not a sports fan that's that's that fight is tiktokable like that's that's me for the TikTok generation, man. We could we could throw we could throw the, uh, a decent reel of that on TikTok. That shit would go 100 million views or whatever, and get all the TikTok dollars. I don't know. I'm I'm old. I don't know what the kids are doing. Dude, but that fight rules. That fight's incredible, yeah. and and it encapsulates. I uh, just as we talked about this on 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 Damn, they were good talking about Fedor. It's the whole Fedor experience in one fight. It's his vulnerability. It's his durability. It's his amazing finishing instincts. It's it's the kind of guys he was.
2: It's Maro okay, on the so- mic. Maro on the mic. Yes, yeah. Ronaldo
4: freaking out. It's just an unbelievable moment. And again, it, it, he has many many other fights you should watch, but like if you want to understand what's the big deal with Fedor, just go like, okay, check out this fight with him and Randleman. Look at Randleman. Look at this effing guy. <laughs> this guy this guy's a mon. He's called the monster. He is a monster. Uh, that guy sums up even the Randallman part of it sums up you kind of the the I don't want to say the like the odds, kind of like the opposition that Fedor is facing in the prime of his career just uh, so many, a lot of people who looked like oh this guy's definitely get this little pudgy Russian guy is definitely going to get his ass kicked by this more impressive physical specimen. Was and, uh, the random man? Was that, that was that was
2: that was random? Did he just beat Crow Cop?
5: I believe was that, that was just off the Crow Cop win,
2: which was unbelievable at the time. So
5: let me confirm yeah. that, but I think that that's right.
2: If you just want to
3: see like violent Fedor, um, Gary Goodrich, Yuji Nagata, those back to backs. Oh, Nagata, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, the Nagata fight should have
2: never happened. Like, in, in an actual, like... like It Ameri- was, Casey. It was after the yeah. World Cup. Yeah. Which makes Those it even, are not- m- super, even more impressive. He's just like, how scary Kevin Randallman looked at the diamond? he, like, maybe the most athletic fighter to ever kind of fight a high level in MMA. Sure. One Kevin of. Kevin Randallman. Just just pure athleticism. One um, or two. One or two. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. One um,
5: or two. It's him and Yoel, and that's the conversation.
2: Yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah. Just freaks. Uh, Absolute freaks.
5: And, and he seismic tosses that dude into the freaking earth. It rules. <laughs> If you put that in a Fast and the Furious movie, people would be like, that seems that's, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and then it happened in real life.
4: I can't believe Dom came <laughs> back from that. Yeah. Freaking. I can't, I can't Vin believe Diesel Dom. came back from that. Family. Oh, God.
5: Family and Corona, baby. That's
4: what it's all about. That trailer's coming out soon. It's not going to be good.
5: Fasten your uh, seatbelts, AK. Let's go. Oh, my
4: God.
2: Uh, I, talk, I talked about this on, on our um, Damn, they Were, Damn They Were Good, but Fade Warren's Legacy, uh, my two fights, because I was there, um, pointing, at, pointing at Jose Young's, because uh, I was there. <laughs> uh, uh, his victory over Andre Arlovsky was just incredible to be in the arena and in a weird way i know this is kind of sounds odd but his loss to verdum as far as his legacy because of how he lost and just the shock of the the whole mma world how he lost that and because um, he kind of lost it for every reason which made him great you know because he just didn't give an f and she's like <laughs> i'm just gonna jump in the guard of the one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners ever to fight a heavyweight. Because, he, you know, he was successful against the Gare, so uh, do it again against against Verdum. But, uh, yeah, I'm... Yeah. Um,
5: it's an underrated part of Fedor's game. Uh, there are no duds. None yeah. of... The only fight he has that is... And it's not even boring, but it just hurts my soul, is the Fabio Maldonado. The rest yeah. of them are all That fun. fight's
4: super exciting. But the, the Maldonado it fight is. is super exciting, actually. It is, <laughs> but it
5: hurts my soul, so it's yeah. bad. But... There's no lay and pray, Fedor. He beat the shit out of people,
4: man. The the, the, the Krokov fight, a little not lay and pray, but the Cro fight, there was quite a bit. It's the most it.
5: measured fight of his yeah. entire career, yeah. and it's also awesome.
4: And, well, and the atmosphere around it is just insane. Yeah, yeah. like it's just a te- it's a t- it's just tension for like the whole. Yeah, it's incredible.
3: The Nogueira fights are fun. fun. The first one, I know, yeah. I know when Fedor was asked about it by Ariel, like favorite fights, the Noguera one was at the top of the list because of Nogares grappling and then he mentioned the Krokop fight cuz it was the same thing but with yeah. with the striking so
4: Crocop please- fight was
5: the biggest fight in the world like uh, in the history of the sport yeah. for like 12 years
4: yeah People, please check out that episode of Damn, they were good with Fedor, because yeah, Casey talks talk even more. <laughs> yeah, and Casey yeah. talks even more about being at Tarasovski and the Verdun fights. So he's giving you a little bit of a taste here. Definitely check that out. And also, yeah. Casey, you and Shaheen did a beautiful job with a oh, thank you. Uh, A very quick. Uh, it's it's not a super long video. This Fedor tribute video that is on mafighting.com narrated by uh, by Shaheen. It's only about six, seven minutes long. People, what are you doing with your day? Uh, if you love Fedor. You're gonna love it if you if you're kind of don't you know if, you know maybe a newer fan don't know a lot about Fedor it'll catch up real good so it's it's for everybody it's for, it's for the children get but get the children gather in front of the YouTubes watch this video about it was, Fedor. was a fun video for, for the, the kids
2: yeah because I got to yeah. kind of go through uh, the Fight Pass uh, catalog and look at some yeah. old Fedor fights and kind of just because uh, you know you see the highlights and stuff but I kind of I kind of just forgot some of the the little moments
5: that's know, why damn is great.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, and es- Estherlin's photos, that? by the way, it's also chock full of Estherlin photography. <laughs> the There's
5: actual some, some,
4: goat. Yeah, some very <laughs> rare, uh, uh, rarely seen photos. So uh, make sure you check
2: that out, guys. Yeah. Um, also, just one more Fedor thing, because I was unfortunately I was I I missed I wasn't live at the I wasn't around as a fan during the Pride era, but um, I was in the arena for when he lost to Antonio Bigfoot Silva, and I think that was like his most significant loss in his career because. Yes. After that, the durability just wasn't there because he took probably the most hellacious beating I think over two rounds, and he was re- and Fedor was ready to come out for the third round. I think I think I think the fight ended after I think the doctor called after the second round. But like he was still like Fedor was like I'm ready to go, but the, I'm I'm happy they stopped the fight. But um, it was that point where like oh, I just. That was probably my most sad moment to watch Fado because the Verdun fight kind of make okay. He got caught, you know, heavyweights get caught, but losing to Bigfoot Silva, and this was Bigfoot Silva, like
5: Bigfoot Silva was a problem before they What's outlawed good? his actual medicinal yeah. requirements.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's just a call it that. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably, what, two? He cut to 265. So that means he was released probably two. He's got 280 against a chubby 205er, and yeah, it, it finally kind of caught up to Fedor that fight. You know, just being the smaller, quicker guy just wasn't gonna work for him that that night. But um, man, I'm 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 very excited to be in the arena for Fedor's last fight. Oh, you know, we didn't, no one has asked this, but I actually I want to ask you guys, what would be the ideal retirement fight for Fedor? If you
5: could, Bigfoot, big Josh Barnett. Big Bigfoot.
2: Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. I like the Anderson. When Scott Coger said he, they tried to do the Anderson, I like that one because that one made sense to me. Amazing.
5: That one would have been okay because there was a time when people talked about it. The one that nobody ever talked about that I always wanted or thought would have been good for Bellator was Vanderlei. Just take mm. the two the two pride guys who never met in an open waiter thing and they're both washed as all hell. There's, yeah, that been fun. There's no way it would be boring. That fight would be the tits. So, just that—that that would have been my ideal end for him.
2: I think. Uh, w- w- was there any was there any wish for the see Shogun versus Fedor? Even watched. No,
5: because, I mean, it, I would have accepted it, but it's just like Van, Shogun sorry, said, was I, part of Pride, but he just was lesser than Vanderlay because of how the dynamic. Even though he was a better career fighter, etc. That just the, how the dynamic was at the time. Vandele was the number one guy at. at um, 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 no, at the team. Oh. Give me. Oh, um, shoot a box. There box. you go. Right. I don't know why I couldn't pull that. <laughs> I kept trying to say Brazilian top team. Was like that's definitely not the correct one. <laughs> no. That's the one that is the opposite.
2: All right. Uh, do 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 do, do um, <sighs> We good?
3: Or do we have one more? One more. Oh, Pick the best one. One, one
2: more. One more. I mean, AK. Really? I mean, okay.
3: I, I, I
4: mean full service to it. Should, it's awesome. It's a yeah. good haircut, bud. It's all
3: right. It's all right.
4: <laughs> it's all right. You make, I mean, I, I, it. I love. I love like it. 20 it took bucks. some getting used to. I just took some getting used to. But well, he's he in.
5: It. He's in the cold north. Maybe the the tight sides is just a little too chilly on the head. He can't. <laughs>
4: I just never, I don't know. Never quite. I like the Peaky Blinders thing. That I was, I was, I was, I was like, this looks familiar to me. I don't know where I'd seen it. And the Peaky Blinders, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Yes, that's what I look like. Okay, that has some context for it.
3: <laughs> well, I think you could hit the music for sure. What a time! What a time to be alive, baby. Double header on Saturday: Bellator two hundred and ninety, UFC Vegas sixty eight. We'll have all of your coverage. Uh, on MMAfighting.com. We'll have a, a people's Great pre-fight website. show. Yes. We'll have a people's pre-fight show sometime uh, before the Bellator card is going to begin. It'll be produced in a different way. Cause Case is going to be in the building at the Kia Forum for, for Fedor's final fight, which just makes all the sense in the world. And so, we will thank have Mr oh,
2: Lynn cage side, doing photography, too. She's showing up. It's very to good go. good. Wow. The
3: iconic voice and the iconic lens. Get out of no, here. Oh, it's official. Yep, yep. What a treat. This is officially a, a, the better, the Two bigger goats. event. Not even close. <laughs> but thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you on Saturday, everybody. For AK, for Jed, for KCI, I and Mike Hecht. Good night, everybody.
4: Love you guys. Hey, AK, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you yesterday. Aw, oh, you. You're
3: listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook